Well, I'm going to invite Charis, our children's worker, up, and we're going to kick off with, uh, well, with Charis, of course. Hello. So I'm going to start our service by reading a story to you. As you can see from the title, it's called The Great Christmas Quest. So here's how it goes. Once upon a time, there were some people who went on a strange quest. It all started like this. It seemed like a normal Sunday morning. They yawned and stretched and woke up and they went downstairs to have their breakfast. They put on their clothes, they brushed their teeth and they went to church. Then things started to get a little bit strange. A lady wearing a Christmas jumper stood up at the front, got out what looked like a real book, but was in fact a homemade book and started to read a story to the people in the church. As they listened to the story, it sounded at first as though it was one that was make-believe. But as she went on, the lady, the story the lady was telling seemed to sound more and more familiar. And gradually they realized this wasn't a story at all. It was true. And the people in the room were in the story. And they began to realize it was real. Suddenly, the lady wearing the Christmas jumper stopped reading the story and said, I've got a Christmas quest for you to find a treasure feast of sweets. The way to find the treasure is to crack the code that's going to appear on the screen. In just a second, it's going to be a picture of where the treasure is, but it's going to be covered up by some red squares. And we're going to remove a square at a time. And we'd like you to try and guess exactly where this treasure is. So, Charis, is this, is this like one of those catchphrase yeah, say um, what you see. Okay, is, is, it, is it a catch, catchphrase? Uh, is, I mean, it's is a it going to... Oh, it's a treasure. Okay, so I'm, I'm getting slightly confused on that one. So, we're, so, so it's, it's not going to be a phrase. It's going to be a picture. It's going to be a picture okay. of where the treasure is. Fabulous. I'm getting slightly confused with the whole catchphrase thing because I love that. Um, it's, it's, quite a, it's one of my favorite things um, to, to, to sort of guess clues like that. But it's not going to be a clue. No, but it'll be it's, very it's obvious be where the okay. treasure is okay. from the picture. Okay, so it's, oh, Here it comes. there it is. So let's remove the first square. Oh, <laughs> does anyone want to guess where, <laughs> where the treasure is? There oh, there it is. So any guesses from the first square? Out there somewhere. Good guess, but we need to be a bit more specific than that. So let's remove another square. Does that give us any more information? It's definitely out there. Okay. The next square. Oh, there's something. Sorry. Ooh. By the Christmas By the, tree. Oh, I'm not sure you're, that's you're very specific close, enough, actually. But not quite specific Nearly. Enough. Good effort. Good effort. <laughs> I'll give you a sweet afterwards. <laughs> Next one. Ooh. Under the Christmas tree. Oh, who, who said, said that? that? Hey, <laughs> Would you like to go and see if there is under the Christmas tree card? Would you like to nominate someone to go in and as, as well? We, you can, if you're feeling a bit grown up for this, Carl, you can nominate someone. <laughs> was that Juliet? Juliet, do you, do you want to go and check under the Christmas tree? That was a great nomination. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> Juliet, do you want to go check under the Christmas tree for a great Christmas treasure? Brilliant. <laughs> Carl, I'm sorry that that you were just getting into the spirit of it, I felt. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can tell a house of boys as well, lots of competition there, I feel. <laughs> that, 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 works, that works really good. <laughs> oh. oh, have we found it? Yes. Fabulous. Well done. Well done, Juliet. Good job, Juliet. Do you want to come and just bring it here? Well, it's wrapped up. Would you like to unwrap it? Oh, heroes. Well done. If you leave them there, then one of us will stand at the door on the way out and we'll give everyone a sweet. <laughs> you didn't think that you'd leave here today with sweets, did you? Well done, Juliet. <laughs> So well done. That's a great gift for this Sunday, isn't it? We didn't think that you'd end up going home with a load of chocolate. <laughs> so boys and girls, listen, and, and everybody, I'm, I'm going to call you all boys and girls, okay, because you, we all are. So boys and girls, we started off with a story, didn't we, that turned out to be a true story, a story about someone else that we thought, uh, we thought was about another place. But it turned out to be a story about us and about this place. Now, many of the stories we read at Christmas are make-believe stories. They're not actually about us. We read stories like The Gruffalo and The Snowman. And we've read a story that was just like that. It sounded make-believe about other people, but it turned out to be a true story about us. And that was a bit of an unexpected surprise. I don't know whether you were kind of thinking, oh, this is just a bit too familiar for it to be a coincidence. And sometimes uh, people think that, that unexpected stories like that um, are, are similar to the Christmas story, that the Christmas story is a made-up story, a made-up story about shepherds and wise men and donkeys. But actually, what you find with the Christmas story is that when you read it carefully... It's actually a true story. And yes, it's about Mary and Joseph and shepherds and wise men. But it's also a true story about us. So is the Bible telling the truth about everything that happened at that very first Christmas or not? <clears throat> is it make-believe or is it true? Well, if you're struggling to believe that what the Bible says, then listen to this verse from the very beginning of the book of Luke. He writes this. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Do you know, I, I love Luke's uh, Luke's gospel, because it starts off like a, a letter. I, in fact, if you cut out a lot of the words, what it says is, dear Theophilus, let me tell you something about this story. That's what it basically says. It's a, a story where actually what he says at the very beginning is, Do you know, Theophilus, I have worked really hard to check out the facts behind this story. And that means Luke would have chatted to Jesus's mum, Mary. She was around at Luke's time. He could have sat her down and said, okay, let's have a coffee and chat about what happened that very first Christmas. We know that Luke was a doctor, so he wasn't going to take any nonsense from a fibbing patient. In similar way, he was going to research the truth and find out what it was. And when you read the whole of Luke's gospel, his book about Jesus's life, you can see he's got this great purpose of finding out the truth 
of Jesus' life, what really happened, what, what really, really he did and say. So if you're a Christian here this morning, I hope that it encourages you that everything we're looking at over the next couple of weeks is true. Luke's done the investigation into what happened. This is not the fairy tale that some people think it is, no matter how amazing some of the things are that happened. And if you don't know what to believe, or if you don't believe in Jesus yet, then take the chance once more this Christmas to look at the person of Jesus himself. Because if, we're what, if, what, if what we're talking about today, about Jesus, is true, then this, this is a carefully researched story, and it is good news for us today. And over the Christmas season, we're going to come across many stories, aren't we? Some made up like the Gruffalo, others true, like this story of Jesus' birth. But like the great story that we started off with, the, 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 like the story we started off with, the great Christmas quest, if what Luke writes is a true story, then that story demands that we get up and do something about it. Because the Christmas story will challenge us. It will challenge our thinking about God. It will challenge our thinking about ourselves. And do you know what? The, unlike the great Christmas quest, the true story of Jesus will grip us. It will take a hold of us. It will change us and change our lives. And it will change our lives the whole year round. Not just at Christmas. It'll do that like a real story should. Do you know, we're going to stand and sing uh, or, or worship together. I oh, always say sing. We're going to stand and worship together um, with another great song, Glorious Light. Um, it talks again about the wonderful good news of Jesus Christ come to this world. Let's stand together and sing um, and, and worship, sorry, um, and then Johnny's going to come and read the Bible to us. Johnny's going to read Luke chapter 2, 8 to 21. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day in the city of David, a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord, has been born. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was there with the angel was a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known, they made known the saying that it has been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Johnny. It's brilliant, isn't it? Now that we know and, and, and absolutely are certain of Luke writing the truth 
about Jesus' birth. We can actually look at it carefully. That's the wonderful thing. If this is true, then we can examine it really carefully to see what the message is for us today. Well, just to let you know, over this Sunday, next Sunday, and Christmas morning, what we're going to be doing is looking at one sentence from this Christmas story that we've just read. And it's the declaration that the angels shared with the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born. It's a simple statement, but it's mind-blowing. And it's so mind-blowing, it's going to take us three weeks to look at it. But the sentence we're going to look at is verse 10. And it says this, verse 10 of Luke chapter 2. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And this morning, we're going to look at that very first thing the angel said. Do not be afraid. Okay, so... I want you to put your hand up if you're scared of little turtles like this one here. No, I didn't think so. It's not, it's not particularly scary, is it? Who would be brave enough to hold a little turtle like this in their hand? Do anyone want to? Lyra, do you want to come? Do you want to come and hold him? Yeah, come on. There's some hand sanitizer here first. And afterwards, because he might be a bit dirty. He's tiny, yeah. Yeah, just squirt your hand. And then just hold your hand over the bowl because he might be a bit wriggly. There you go, well done. So often when it comes to animals, there are cute little ones like this turtle or cuddly ones that we're not scared to go near because they're just so sweet, aren't they? Well done. (laughs) Do you want to put him back in there? Good job. (laughs) He's crawling off. Well done. <laughs> but there are other animals that we can find quite scary, aren't there? Put your hand up if you're afraid of rats. Yeah, couple. Totally couple I don't like rats either. What about spiders? Yes. I'm very scared of spiders. Hate spiders. What about snakes? Yeah, me too. They're horrible, aren't they? Okay, so, so, so keep your hand up if you said you're afraid of snakes. Brilliant, lovely. Um, it, it just so happens that I've asked Neil to bring in Fluffy, um, his snake. It's, a, it's an ironic name because snakes aren't, aren't fluffy. Um, but, but just in case, who of you who, who are afraid of snakes uh, would be brave enough to come and to come and, and stand? <laughs> now, okay, here we go. I've, I've just seen Juliet putting up Henry's hat. <laughs> now, Henry, Henry, I hate to say it, but we're South Africans, all right? We don't, we don't, we, we eat snakes for breakfast. Um, so would you like to come and stroke Fluffy? Are you, are you, I don't mind if you're not brave enough to do that. I really don't. Oh yeah, here we oh, go. Well come on, come on. Well come on, psych yourself up, Henry. Come on. There you go. Do, do you want to just start off by stroking him? Move the head, that <laughs> move, <laughs> move the head away, that was. Move the head. Well done. Oh, oh that's well beautiful. Done. Well done, Henry. I won't ask you to do any more. You are, you are very brave. You are very brave. Thanks, Neil. You're a real star. Well, do you know, it's, it's, um, oh, sorry, I've lost my place. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make anyone else, by the way, because, because it's a bit unfair. Henry, you've been a really good sport. Well done. Uh, you can, you can beat me up afterwards because that's South African as well. Anyway, um, over to Charis. 
So it's a great illustration of the fact that when things are cute or cuddly, like the turtles or sweet animals, we're happy to go near them, aren't we? But when things are scary, like the snake, we want to get as far away from them as possible. And it helps us to see the truth that we fear coming close to things that make us feel afraid. So here's the point. The angel that appeared to the shepherds didn't start with a friendly hello, but neither did he go boo. Now, the first thing that the angel said to the shepherds was, do not be afraid. And why? Well, because he knew that the shepherds would be really scared of him. But why, here's the question, why were the angels, why were the shepherds, sorry, scared of the angels? And we, I think it's a great illustration we've seen in, in our school nativities, haven't we? Generally, angels tend to be the sweet, gentle, blonde-haired girls of the class. But according to the real story in Luke, the angels were some people to be afraid of. The question is, why? Well, here's one reason. They are powerful and perfect, and they are from God. And that means that they reflect God's presence. So they're scary because they're perfect and from God. It's a bit like if our service now was interrupted by a massive trumpet blast, a red carpet was rolled out, an important messenger came in in full uniform from the Queen with a great big important message for us. I think it would feel a bit scary. And just like we feel a bit nervous of people who are more important than us, we feel a little bit scared of God. Because God is so much greater and more powerful and perfect than we are. It's not wrong. It's natural to be scared of God. Just like we'd be scared of meeting someone who's a bit more important than us, like the queen. So that's the first reason why uh, with the, the angels were scary. They were important. They had a message from God. But they were also scary because they were bringing God's word. And by bringing God's word, they carried with them the authority and the power and the presence of God. They were bringing those shepherds nearer to God. It was God's presence they were experiencing. And the truth is that one big reason we fear God is because we're sinners. By that I mean we want to be in charge of our own lives. We don't want God to be in charge. And because that is our attitude, we know that deep in, deep, we know deep down inside that God is angry with us. He doesn't like the way we treat him. And if we know that God is angry at us because of the way we treat him, then imagine what a message from God will say. We'll expect it to be scary. And that's why the shepherds were afraid that night. They were hearing from God. But you know, there is hope in the first sentence the angel spoke to the shepherds. You see, in the middle of their fear, the angel said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why? Because the message he carried from God was not what they were expecting. And in a second, we're going to look at the last thing about this, this phrase of that sentence, do not be afraid. But before we do, before we do that, we're going to sing one more song. It's a modern rendition of Away in a Manger so we're going to stand together again, hum and sing at home. Uh, let's worship this with this great song, Away in a Manger. Okay, so I have a question for everyone. <clears throat> How many times in the Christmas story does an angel appear and say the words, do not be afraid? So I want you to put your hands up if you think it's just this one time to the shepherds. Okay, twice. Three times? A few? Four times? 
A few more, okay. Five. Okay. Well, if you put your hand up for four times, you would be right. The angel appears to these shepherds, to Zechariah, to Mary, and to Joseph. And to each, each time, the angel says, do not be afraid. We've said this is a true story. And we've said that angels can be scary because they come from God's presence and they tell us God's word. So why is there suddenly a reason for these people to not be afraid of these angels and the words that they're bringing? Well, the reason the angel said, do not be afraid, is because God's message is good news. God had a plan to undo the brokenness of this world. He had a plan to restore our broken relationship with God. And that's why the angel says, do not be afraid. Do not fear is a message of hope. It meant that people no longer have to be afraid of what God is going to say. God's not going to say something angry at us or or tell us not to speak to him again. Instead, do not be afraid means God is acting and working. God is moving. So these words of the angel were the beginning of the rumor that God's plan was coming true in saying, do not fear. It's the first hint that God's work was beginning. God was becoming one of us. And because God's plan of salvation, a way would be open for mankind to have a new relationship with God. One where we could love him and not fear him, where we can know him, not run away from him. And God was going to make that happen. And we need to hear this message of hope today, don't we? One of the reasons we've lost hope in these times is because we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what we're going to do for Christmas. We struggle to know, because of coronavirus, what is the future going to hold for us. So we've not got much to hope for because the future is so unpredictable. Who knows how long it will take to roll out the vaccine? Who knows whether school will happen and when it's going to, when school's going to go back to normal? Who knows which family we're going to be allowed to see in the new year? There's so much uncertainty and fear in our world. But this is the angel's message. Do not be afraid. It means that God is on the move. It means we can look to God for peace and security in this time of great need. Not anything else. And rather than being afraid, rather than being scared of God and not asking him for help in our times, rather than trying to cut God out of our lives like we normally do, instead, do not be afraid means we can turn to God And ask him to heal our hearts because he has a plan of salvation. Do not be afraid. So this is the first part of the message the angels shared with the shepherds that night. Do not be afraid. They're great words full of hope and joy. And next week, Dan and some of the 20s are going to share what news the angel was was able to bring. He's going to tell us the good news of great joy that the angels were proclaiming that night. This morning, though, our great message is this. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid because God has come near. Do not be afraid of that. 
anymore. Do not be afraid, because God has a plan. He has a plan to deal with our relationship so that it's no longer a relationship of fear. It's a relationship of love and care and intimate knowledge of God. And here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of this truth. Do not be afraid means that when we see God face to face, do not be afraid. That is what God's plan is making happen in our lives, in the lives of many people throughout this world. Why? Because God has come to us. But that good news is for next week. This week, I pray that we would, all of us, meditate on that great declaration. Do not be afraid. And go through this week realizing that suddenly, because of that first Christmas, fear is dispelled and a peace with God is brought near. Let me pray and we'll finish our service on this prayer. Dear Father God, we just praise you that we do not need to be afraid. We praise you for this great good truth, this good true news that was brought that very first Christmas day. And we praise you for your word that brings it to us. Your word that is revealed through Luke, the doctor. Thank you that what he wrote was such a careful, careful, careful explanation of the truth. Thank you that he recorded these words. Do not be afraid. Thank you also that you bring us close to you. That you have moved. That you didn't just sit in the heavens looking at the world tutting. But you have moved. So that we can be free from sin's power. That we can know you and not be afraid of you anymore. Thank you, Lord God, for this great, 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 great truth. Do not be afraid. We have to say sorry this morning, Father God. We have to say that we keep on wanting you out of our lives. We, co- we keep on not wanting to listen to your word. We so- we're sorry that we don't put you first. We ask that you would forgive us for that attitude of sin in our hearts. And yet, Father God, we ask that you would help us this Christmas to enjoy our celebrations. To put Jesus at the center and to not be afraid of you. Dear Father, we pray for our world right now, particularly in this pandemic situation. Father God, many of us are afraid of our circumstances. And if truth be told, many of us are afraid of meeting you because we're not right with you. Father God, I pray that for all of us who are afraid of you, you would reveal your truth over the next few, few weeks that God has come to deal with our attitude of sin, to draw us near to God, to make us right with you. And Father God, for all of us in this pandemic, we pray that you would be with us. We pray particularly for the children. We realize there's lots of uncertainty in their lives. Many are at home having to self-isolate. Many are unable to see their friends, their schools. 
Many feel very alone. But Lord God, we pray in this time, men and women, boys and girls, people all over the world who feel isolated and uncertain, who feel afraid of our circumstances and actually deep down afraid of you, I pray that you would draw near to them, just like you draw near you drew near to the shepherds on that hillside. Father God, we pray this Christmas we would reflect and meditate and think and think and think once again that we need not be afraid of you anymore because of Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.